Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Welcome back to Unpacking Brain Drama. Pratiti Pathak here with you. I have an amazing guest today, Lisa Figgins, who is a priorities coach for busy women entrepreneurs in midlife. And she is a host of Repurpose After 40. As a priorities coach, she teaches women after 40 to rethink their priorities of growth, wellness, and purpose to create a life that they love. She has discovered her passion when she found herself frustrated, unfulfilled, and fading, facing a new stage in her life and decided to be intentional about her health and life and make a bigger impact. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I know you've helped hundreds of women repurpose their lives and find new meaning for themselves. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so fun to get to be here and have this conversation that others can listen in on, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to get lots of value out of this. Um, I happen to be a woman after my 40s and 50s, so I can absolutely relate with the work that you're doing. Share with us a little bit about what you're doing, how you got here, what your journey is, and your, your name, you pronounce it Lissa. Yes. So it's Melissa without the M-E because it's not about me. So I love that. I remember. Yes. I love that. Well, I will say before I share my story that I wish I would have heard these things before I hit 40. So if someone is listening today and you're thinking, I'm going to check out because I'm not 40, wait, don't leave because let our hindsight be your foresight, right? Like if, if somebody had poured these things, if I could have learned these lessons in my 20s, you know, I just think about how different my life would be now, but you know what? It's all part of our journey too. So I encourage you no matter where you're, where you're at, um, you know, these are life principles that make a difference. So I am a priorities coach. And the reason that I focus on that is because I truly believe that how we choose to live life makes a difference, has a ripple effect, right. In every area, whether it's faith or family or friends or fun or our field of work, our finances, our fitness and health, you know, like all these things um, make an impact. So for me, I, you know, came, I went to school to be a teacher and taught for several years until I had kids and then went part-time. I wanted to be that present, you know, at-home mom. But if anyone's listening today and they're a mom, you know that your priorities very quickly change once there's a little one in your arms, you know, and I was just sharing the story earlier today that Usually before we have a little one, we're not thinking to ourselves, twiddling our thumbs like, oh, I wish I had something to fill all my time with, right? 24 seven, something that needed me. We were probably, you were probably busy, but you know, in my circumstance, I'm sure in yours, I'm sure in your listeners, once that baby comes into your life, you find a way to make them a priority because they're important. There's value there. So I was in that stage of life then as a, as a mom of three kids um, my husband traveled a lot at the time. He'd be gone for months at a time with what he was doing. So I was oftentimes by myself, just trying to get everybody from point A to point B and make sure there was no ma major catastrophes and, you know, and everybody, you know, got bathed and fed and to bed on time. And so I really was fading. I lost a sense of, you know, who I was, um, just what, what, what made me really, you know, shine and flourish and things like that and just got lost in the day to day. 
which I think happens whether it's because of family, it could be because of a career, it could just be life. You know, we just get lulled into, uh, you know, everyday things. So my first wake up call happened when I was in my thirties and I had a cancer scare and that really woke me up to, am I as healthy as I think that I am? I would have told you that I was, but you know, you all of a sudden are facing, you know, what you think is, you know, is a diagnosis and I went through surgery and the final testing came out showing it wasn't what they thought, but it really made me stop and think what, what can I do? You know, I don't want this diagnosis one day. I don't want any diagnosis one day. You know, how can I prevent that? What, what could cause that? And so I, as an educator, I dove into learning. I dove into teaching myself about healthy living. Of course, started with food. I think that's the natural place. We all know that when we put garbage in, we feel like garbage and we look like garbage and right. Nothing good is going to happen in that. And then learn your skin absorbs everything. And so I was like, oh, so everything I put on, like, you know, on my body matters too. And so really just started making, you know, a lot of changes, but didn't really have a plan. I was kind of all over the place. And then I turned 40 and uh, you know how you hit a milestone. So whether it's a birthday or maybe it's an anniversary, or maybe it's just a life circumstance, or just one day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, who is that? And, you know, maybe you're kind of like, I don't even recognize her. I don't even know who she was, you know, years ago seems so far away, or you're seeing the wrinkles on the face or the extra pooch around the belly. And you're just like, (laughs) what's going on, you know? And what do I want to do when I grow up? Right? Like my kids at this point, we're now starting to be more independent. So I didn't have to, you know, be there everything, but I knew that very, very soon they were going to leave the nest. And then I was, what was I going to do? And who was I? And you know, what did all that look like? And so well, that really before, you just, go, before you go any yeah. further, let me just back you up for just a second, because you know, when you, when, once you became a mom, you said you were teaching and then you mm-hmm. became a mom and you decided to stay home and part-time teach. Yeah. Right. So was there any struggle with that or were you doing well? Like, is there anything that was going on for you that, you know, once you hit the 40, there was a whole recognition of something? Yeah. Well, when I was part-time teaching, it was, you know, I always just felt like I was, I was in two different places. Right. And, and there never was that now, especially there was never that downtime because I either was on at school or I was on at home and there wasn't any space for, for, for me and for taking care of me and not in a selfish way, but in a being able to really pour into others way. And that was, is that because your husband was away all the time and that you were just constantly just taking care of the kids instead of yourself? Um, That was a portion of it. But even when he stopped traveling and he was around more, you know, I just, I think we just get caught up in day-to-day survival mode oftentimes, you know? And so, you know, again, it wasn't like I was in this horrible, you know, place, you know, health-wise, but I just knew I wasn't making it a priority. I was saying I want it to be a priority, but I wasn't really doing the do because I had all these other things that I thought that had to be my priority. And I didn't have time or space or energy left over to, to do that. So even when he was, was back home, it, you know, it still was just that pull and, and, and honestly working part-time and I'm sure if there are any working moms who are listening, you know, what, by the time you pay for childcare and then you pay gas and then, you know, whatever else that you need to be able to get yourself to and from, you know, what you're doing, you usually are left over with very little. And so it, you know, it was a priority for me to be present with my kids. And so we made that decision then for, for me to stay home full time, which was a gift, but then that's where I lost myself inside the four walls of my house because, you know, that was where, that was about as far as my life, you know, extended and just then, so at 40, it was just that, that, that itch that, 
wow, I can't believe I'm already at this age, you know, which always sounded so old. It's so funny. You reach an age and you're like, oh my goodness, like this I'm sounded here. so old, right? And I'm here, I'm here. right? And I've I'm, arrived. <laughs> yeah, like it's not as old as I thought it was when my parents hit 40 or, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of, I, I think just makes you pause and go, where am I? And where am I going? You know? And, and so often we've been doing the do because it's either just what's in front of us or it's all we've known or it's what we went to school for. So we've already invested this time and money and, but maybe it's not fulfilling, you know, or maybe yeah. it's just not giving us the flexibility to prioritize the things that are important. So that's where I was when I hit that 40 time and start asking those questions. At that point, did you feel like was the biggest question, what are my priorities up until now, my kids and my family and my house and taking care of everybody around me has been the main priority. Wait a minute. I'm not in this equation. I'm not right. part of this. Yeah. So what are my priorities for me? Yes. Yes. And you start looking at the fact that those kids are going to be leaving the nest, you know, and now there's not that, that, that need on a daily basis. It looks different. You're still always connected to them, but you know, it looked different. And, and I think, I think for me, it was just, I didn't take the, I didn't take the time to think about it. You know, during those years, yeah. I was just otherwise focused because their needs were more physical and seemed to be more immediate and, you know, that type of thing. I think for a lot of people, they think that it's selfish. You know, they think Absolutely. if I, if I'm going to think about me, I, I could or should be spending that time or that money or that energy on someone else or something else. And that's being selfish. And I use the illustration of the oxygen mask on the airplane. And, you know, they tell you to put yours on first because an unoxygenated person is of no use to the person next to them, Absolutely. you know, and, and why do we think we can run ourselves ragged or, you know, and, and, and whether it's, you know, physically or emotionally or spiritually or whatever, we don't have anything to give, you know, and I think that's selfish for me to not be giving my very best to the people that are most important, you know, and the things that are most important. Absolutely. We tend to think that we want to give our hundred percent. We want to give our all to all the people and everything, whether it's our careers, our jobs for everybody, it looks different. And time goes very quickly when we have kids, they grow up before you know it, they're like, well, what, what just happened? And right. the thing is, is you're absolutely right. We think that we are able to give everybody else a hundred percent of us when we are not even at a hundred percent full capacity ourselves. And we may even start out that way first thing in the morning, but then we're just depleting all day long. And by the end of the night, we think the kids are cranky and then we can take care of them when we're at our crankiest by the end of the day at that point too. Right. It's that watch out. Here comes mama, right. With her claws up. And even if, <laughs> even if someone doesn't have kids, I think that just a career, you know, or a business can do the exact same thing. So much yes. is poured into those things, whether we're working for ourselves or you're working for somebody else. And then you kind of get to this point where, I mean, a lot of people have seen in the past year, their career or job has changed, you know, whether it's, they're not going in person. And so it looks different in that way, or all of a sudden their position was eliminated or their business couldn't be open or, you know, all these things change. And then you kind of have that like crisis moment of who am I and what am I doing? And is this really moving me towards the life that I really want long-term uh, or just what I've just got caught up in, you know, in doing for all this time. Yeah, not to mention, you know, there was a time before children, we had hobbies, we had interests, maybe we like to paint, maybe we like to bicycle, maybe we like to hike, whatever those things were, it's almost like we don't remember how to do them anymore. We don't remember what we did anymore. And if we can find a way to do it again, it's like our bodies have changed. 
right? If we were somebody who used to be on a swim team, I, you know, a lot of people like, oh, I used to play tennis. I used to do this. And then it's just like, I don't know if I can do that anymore the same way, because I'm going back to when I was 20 and agile and flexible and right. right? And your body's completely different depending on what your hobbies were. And then today, and also like I used to, I used to paint a lot all the time. Like I did landscapes and portraits. I think about it today. It was like, Ooh, if I went back to doing portraits, I don't know if I could draw the same way. The practice is completely gone for, you know, 30 years. So yeah. Right. And it may not be the exact same thing it was when you were 20, just like maybe the career path you chose at 20 is not where you are, you know, now. And I think that's okay too. I think it's okay to kind of pause and ask ourselves, what, who am I now? You know, because you aren't the same person, regardless of why that you were at that time. So to try to recreate that kind of feels like it's putting you back into, you know, that box back there, as opposed to saying, well, what really energizes me now? What, what, what really fulfills me? What really lights me up? What, 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 what I love to do, you know, and maybe trying something new, you know, something that you never would have, have considered before you know, to see how you like it, you know, explore and try those things. Um, yeah. And for me, I know that fun is, is kind of at the low end of my priorities and it needs to move up because I, I love what I do in helping people. And so I don't always see it as work, but I can tend to get sucked in and do a lot of that. So I have to put very clear boundaries around that work and say, I have to put fun in as a priority. I have to put unplugged time with my family as a priority. I have to put time to, you know, go for a walk or a run or, you know, to, to do exercise and, you know, to eat, you know, create healthy meals. Like those things are important too. And actually when we do those other things, I think it makes that main thing that we think is the main thing even better because Absolutely. like you said, we're able to fully give our best, you know, to, to whatever that is. Yeah, because if you're taking time for yourself and you're replenishing all that energy, you yourself are not just like 100% energy, like you're focused and ready to go and do your business. But um, even on my schedule, I was just joking about this, but it's absolutely 100% true is on my schedule, instead of just saying, take a break. Now, I live up on a big hill long, long driveway. It's like over a thousand feet. So mine says I take a break, go walk the driveway because it gives me that little bit of movement exercise, gets my energy flowing again, gets me in my head for a moment and fresh air. Like it does incorporate all those things, even if it's just a quick 10, 15 minute break. Yeah. And sometimes that you're right. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to go spend two hours at the gym or I'm going to go for this two hour hike. It could just be a five, 10 minute meditation. Right. It could be a meditate, a quick meditation. It could just be walking out of that room and go sitting outside for a few minutes and just getting some fresh air. Even if you work for a company, you can, during your break, go take a walk around the building or do something, anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many, so many companies are incorporating, you know, wellness programs and they're encouraging their employees to do things that are wellness related, mental as as well as physical, because they know that then, you know, their employees are much more focused. They have the energy, they have, you know, a lot more to give when they do that. And so I think that's fantastic that, you know, that they're doing that and seeing the value of that, um, you know, and, and, and rewarding people for taking advantage of those programs. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you um, are working with women, do you find that they are just, uh, not knowing what the priority are, what, what is the main thing that they, what, what is what brings them to you to begin with outside of like, all of a sudden they're an empty nester or um, 
divorce or there's so many different things that go on in the middle of our lives right. where we think right. half our life is gone. We really need to turn everything around. And what do we need to do to do that? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's, a lot of times it's just kind of a, a dissatisfaction, you know, there's kind of just that something, right. And maybe you can, maybe you can put your finger on it and you know exactly what it is. You know, I haven't taken a vacation in, you know, three years and that's what I need. Or maybe it's a, you know, I've put on this weight over the past year and I just, it's weighing me down physically, but as well as, you know, sometimes they know, but sometimes I think it's just like that, like either, either, either there's that dissatisfaction of just, I'm not really where I want to be, or it can be that they really have a lot of things going in good places and they want to take things to the next level. You know, they want to step things. This isn't always just for the person who's totally falling apart and right is laying on the couch, you know, binging and watching Netflix all day. This can also be for that woman who she's got all these things, you know, in place, but sometimes there, you know, we have so many balls, especially as women. Um, so I focus on women because I am one, so I get them right. We have so many balls that are up in the air and it's, you know, it's a lot to keep them going and not, not drop them. And, you know, and so I think sometimes, you know, there are balls that are dropping here and there, and, you know, we may not see the impact of that or, or think, oh, that's okay. I'm just going to leave that one there, but you know, it really does matter. Um, and so I think, you know, like we all know what we probably, we all probably know what we should do or what we want to do. You know, I mean, sometimes it's the, we need to identify, I haven't stopped really asked myself the question, who am I? What do I love? What, do, what fulfills me? You know, so doing that, but oftentimes too, in some of these areas, we know what we should be doing, but there's this gap between the knowing and the doing and that's filled with excuses, you know, so excuses are not there. They're usually reasons why we don't not reasons why we can't, you know? So the three most common I hear are, I don't have time. I don't have money or I don't have energy. And, and really, I mean, we talked about the time one with a baby, right? You know, you think about the money one, you know, if somebody said, Hey, if, you know, if you give me a thousand dollars, I'll give you this hundred thousand dollar car you would find a way to get a thousand dollars because whatever you're going to get in exchange for that has so much value. Right. And so I think it really comes down to understanding the value that these things have in our life. And then that next step then, and this is where a coach in any area is helpful is to help you create a plan and then keep you accountable in working towards that because we can have a great idea, but if we don't have a way to, you know, to put that into practice, it's not going to go anywhere. And if we don't have a way to keep that going, it's only going to get us so far. So that's where, you know, a coach, somebody like what you do, what I do is we come alongside and help them identify those, those areas, help them identify what are action steps I can take towards this and then help hold them accountable and, and work on the mind. You know, we talk about mind drama, brain drama, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if we don't have this fixed up here and it's not that we're going to be perfect, but if we're not working on that mindset, all these great intentions, all these goals we put up, all these even, you know, actions that we, steps we create, they're not going to take us where we want to go if we keep letting the, the mind drama get in the way. Yeah. And the thing is, is there, there's always going to be mind drama, right? There's always going to be a little bit of brain drama around stuff because we're going to have the same brain. It's not like we traded in yeah. for a new one. It's just becoming more aware of what that drama is when it comes up to recognize it and to know what to do with it. I think that one of the biggest things about being able to make changes in any area of your life, whether it's, in, you know, whether it's growth in business, personally, losing eight pounds, you know, I had that perimenopausal weight that I'm in the process of getting rid of. I'm like, that's it. You're evicted. You're getting out, you know, right. but what we forget is the currency for growth is discomfort where it's, it's going to be something that 
we're not used to doing, obviously, otherwise it would have already been achieved, right? So anytime we're practicing something new, that's exactly what it is. If we want to stop creating the same result for ourselves, we have to change how we're thinking about it, to change how we're feeling about it, and then take new action on it to create that new result. And in order to do that, we're going to have to practice new thoughts, a new way yes. of thinking about it. You got to kind of put it on like a, a piece of clothing that you've never tried. We're like, how does this look? Does this look all right? I got to feel a surround. And they just wear it for a while, say it every single day, see how that feels and just expect it to not feel that great and do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's not about perfection. It's about progression and it's about awareness. I think you hit on that. You know, it's like if there's that that road in your in your town that has a ton of potholes, you know, and you just keep driving down the same road, don't expect anything except a bumpy ride. Like that's what's going to come out of it. But then eventually, you know, you go to turn on that road and you're like, oh wait, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go around and swerve around this pothole so that I don't have the bumps, right? So that's better. But then eventually you just don't turn down that road because you know that that road has potholes. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's this progression that as we, yeah, as we train ourselves, as we learn and we learn to recognize it, then we, we start, you know, avoiding it and not even going that direction. So, well, you know, it's the same way with like, anytime you're trying to achieve something new, we're going to run into potholes and bumps and road roadblocks. Right. But that's the other thing is we have to expect that to be part of the growth and the journey, right? When we're going, if I'm on my way to your house, I don't just turn around and go back home because there's a detour, right? I now have to find a new way to get to your house. And that's the kind, that's the same type of thing when you're learning how to do something new, whether it's learning a new business or learning how to lose weight or learning how to do anything new, you are going to run into obstacles and you have to prepare for those obstacles. If you know what some of them could be ahead of time, write them down, create some strategies around how to deal with those obstacles, make a plan. Because now, once I finally get to your house, the amazing thing that just took place is I now know two ways to get to your house. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. And it's always better if you can have somebody else in the car who's helping to point out the potholes, you know, because sometimes we have blind spots. Yes. Someone yesterday about, hey, I, I want to clear out some blind spots even that I have right now. And we were able to talk through some things and, you know, she just helped me to see some things that I wasn't seeing, you know, and now that I see it, yes, now I can make that course correction. Now I can, you know, go that other way, or I, you know, I can change the way I'm thinking about that or what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of value to having, you know, someone else in the car with us, right. To be able to see those things. And, uh, and just for the companionship of being on the journey together and knowing we're not alone, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the thing is, is we can't see our own brain working, right? Like when I'm in it, you can, you can see what's going on for me, but I'm just like, I don't see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we're so invested in our belief system. We're so invested in, no, this is hundred percent fact that we can't really see it, but you're like, actually it's not fact. You see that. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I see it now. And that you're, you're right. I mean, I, I get coached all the time. So I coach people, but I'm always being coached because it's not like we said earlier, it's not like we just trade in our brain for a new brain. We still have our default thinking. So it's just going to come up. It's not that just because we have a new awareness that it's just going to disappear. It's just that we get to pay attention to it a little easier. Right. Right. And I think the other thing that comes up a lot too, as I'm talking to women is this whole idea of, of comparison. 
You know, and we either have comparison in one of two ways. Either we're comparing ourselves and our, our thinking, our actions, our priorities to somebody else's. And we all know that what you see on social media is usually the highlight reel. It is not all the behind the scenes, unless it's your bestie and you know, like, you know, everything they've been through, you know? And so we, we get frustrated that, well, why is that not happening for me? Or maybe I should have that priority because that's her priority, you know? And I like to say, it's your life, right? Your, your neighbors don't lay in bed thinking about your priorities. They, they don't, you know, they're thinking about their own. Like, let's be honest. We think about ourselves a lot more than we think about other people. And so when we measure ourselves against others, that can, you know, be a really hard place because then we're trying to be someone or do something that, you know, may not be what should be our, our priority. Yeah. And the other thing is comparing ourselves against our own expectations of ourselves, which I think is the harder one because we have this, you know, this expectation or this, uh, this feeling that this is how it should be, not because it's of somebody else told us or we're seeing, but just, you know, inside of ourselves. And I think that's a really hard one to identify, um, you know, and to, because we can't see, you know, like you said, we can't see it ourselves. We need somebody else to be able to, to bring that out of us, right. And help us to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know what? And the thing is, is we have, um, a way, uh, I don't want to say like we are much harsher on ourselves because we are also um, holding so much more expectations of ourselves than others. You know, I'm going to be so much more kinder, loving, and more forgiving to you. If you walked in the room and said to me, oh, I totally screwed up. I did this. I did that. I said, it's, it's going to be fine. You know, you don't even think like that. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. But if it's me, I'm going to be like, what is wrong with you? I can't believe you did that. You're so ridiculous. Like you're really going to beat up on yourself. And I think that we have to start paying attention to how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves and learn how to, um, and this is something that I actually just started doing just in the past few years is really committing to treating myself with the same love, compassion, and forgiveness that I give to everybody else but me at that time. It was just like, I'm, I'm never allowing myself to make mistakes without, obviously I'll make the mistake, but then I act as if that I'm not allowed to make mistakes, which I'm always going to make mistakes. That's how we learn how to, you know, do it a different way is by making mistakes. Let's face it. Every time there's a win, we're always like, oh, we got to do it. Yeah, we got to win. <laughs> we can't have losses. So yeah, that's how you learn. You don't learn yeah. from all the wins. You can't do something and just be like, hey, I'm going to start a business. And then it just goes straight to success. It doesn't work like that. Right, right. Yeah. The things we say to ourselves, we would never utter to somebody else, you know, to our kids, to our best friend, you know, and when I like think of our, our little ones, when they were first learning to walk, I mean, every time they fell down, we weren't like, oh, you fell down and you know, you're whatever, but we were like, okay, like, let's get back up. Good job. You walked that far this time, you know, and we're celebrating the progression and, and the successes along the way versus, oh, you fell. And, and yet yeah. they never look up at us and say like, oh, you're so good at that walking thing. I'm never going to get it. They don't judge themselves either. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right? We learn that. We learn yes. how to judge ourselves. Yes. That's so, so true. Tell me, um, what does this journey look like for most women? Is there a time frame that they work with you? Is there a program that they um, enter in with you? 
Yeah. So, you know, it's really up to the individual as to, you know, where, where are they and, and how much do they want to change? I think that any, we didn't get where we are overnight, right? We didn't get where we are in 30 days. So we're not going to undo those things overnight or in 30 days, whether it's losing weight or whether it's working on mindset or whether it's, you know, working on our finances or adding in more fun or whatever the things are. So, um, so I am doing an, I have an upcoming challenge that I'll be doing to, you know, kind of do a priority check of just where am I in these areas? Like, let's stop and identify. I think sometimes we just, you know, it's like your car. I just drive it. You know, when that light comes on, it tells me, Hey, this needs to be a priority. There's something that right here, you need to take a look at this because otherwise you may be stranded in the side of the road. So if I don't pay attention to that warning light that comes on, you know, then I'm, I'm, I, who knows what's going to happen. And so I think the same thing is true as well. And then, you know, I work with people in, in a group coaching setting. I like to do those for 90 days. Cause I feel like that at least gives us a good framework. You know, we've all heard it takes 30 days to break a habit and make a habit. And that's not true. They, they say, you know, statistically it's more like 66 days, but really it just depends on how much are you practicing that new thing during that time period? Because the person who only does it once a week, it may take them a year or more or more, but the person who's doing it 10 times a day, they're going to get that new habit in their life a whole lot faster, right? So whether it's a group coaching for 90 days or one-on-one -on -one coaching where I can personalize it and we really can get in and, you know, and talk about where you are and never in a judging place, but in a, let's just get real and let's look at these things and let's really you know, focus on what, what is, what is most important to you and, and how it does that align with your spending your time, how you're spending your money, what you're putting your energy towards. Cause I think sometimes we say these things are important, but then you look at our bank account or you look at our calendar and they don't line up. And when no wonder that we don't have what we want over here, because we're not investing, you know, those things over here. So when we do the individual one-on-one -on -one coaching, we can really get in and, and, and make sure those things align. You know, and if somebody wants to go beyond 90 days, of course, you know, we can keep working together, but I think it really takes that time to create some of those new pathways in our, in our thinking, those pathways in our day to start really creating that as a lifestyle, right? Cause just like with a diet, if you do anything for just 30 days and think that's going to fix it, and then you just go back to what you were doing, you've, you know, you just wasted your time and your money. So I think the same is true when it comes to, you know, priorities in any area. We want to make sure we're creating a lifestyle. What's the life that you want to live? Not just for the next 30 days or 90 days, but like for the next, you know, several months, years, decades, you know, like that's what we're working towards. So, yeah, you know, and when you talk about like how long it takes to create a habit, I really want to emphasize on that because there are different, you know, 30 days, 90 days, 66 days. I'm, I'm, you know, Keller Williams girl. So I'm all about the, uh, the one thing in the 66 day challenge. And I've done a bunch of those, but the fact is it really depends on, first of all, what is the habit that you're trying to change? What is the practice that you're trying to put in place? And I think that really makes a difference. And like you said, how often are you doing it? If you're doing a 66 day challenge or whatever you're trying to practice, hopefully you're at least doing it every day. But then right. through that new practice, I think what's really important is to become really aware of what are the emotions, what are like the blocks that are coming up for you. I know for myself, one of my really key indulgent emotions that I would love to live in is overwhelm and indecision and confusion. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. So it was like, I have to really recognize that because you have to, at that point, really 
take a look at why this is coming up and then be able to just sit with that and process that emotion. Otherwise, what happens is through any challenge or through any new practice or trying to break a habit more than create a habit, people start resisting and like white knuckling it. And that's pretty much like you're just building a lot of pressure for it to just blow up. You know what I mean? You can't just suppress it and hold it down and just pretend it doesn't exist and just white knuckle your way through it because that can only take you very part of the way. Yeah. If you regret the process, you know, or you feel like you're being restricted or you're being deprived, you feel like this is something being done to you, then you're just probably going to fall right back into that. You know, uh, when yeah. you give yourself that space to do that, I like to focus on, you know, not just the, this is what I'm not doing, but what am I doing? What is the positive thing that I want? What is, what is the healthy choice I'm making in whatever area it is? What, instead of just an obstacle, what is the accelerator? What, what are the things that are going to help me move forward even faster rather than, you know, yes, I want to be aware of the, of the obstacles and the things that might slow me down or get me off track. Like that's key to know what those are, but let's not put our focus on the problem. Let's put our focus on the solution, right? Let's not Let's understand our past because there's, there's, there are key things in there to knowing, you know, our tendencies, our triggers are, you know, kind of what those patterns have been. But if we keep looking in the rear view mirror, I mean, think about this, even on our car, we keep coming back to this car illustration. The rear view mirror is really small and it's not because you're never supposed to look there. Yes. There are times when you want to look in the rear view mirror, but it's not intended to be looked at the entire time. It's the front that's that front window that's huge, right? Because that's where we're going. And so when we focus on the solution and working towards the life that we want, you know, and I'm choosing this because this is going to move me towards this, then I think there's a whole different feeling around it, you know, then, you know, I, I can't have this or I, I, you know, it feels like this, this negative thing versus this positive thing. Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of teaching of like being past focused versus future focused. And we want to understand the past. We want to know what the effects were and be able to process that hurt, pain, whatever it is, but focus on the future and where we're going now. So that's beautiful. So what, what does uh, young Lissa look like? How do we get here? Um, before marriage, before kids, anything gone on in your life that you, any obstacles you've had to overcome over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think we all do, you know, I grew up in a very, you know, stable home. So I just was blessed, you know, in that way. But for me, my struggle was just always feeling like I was the one on the outside and that I wasn't the one who was included or the one who was sought out. And, you know, and so that didn't, while that didn't drive me to do, you know, things to get attention in a negative way. It just kind of was always that, like that, that hole in, inside of me of just, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe, why, why don't people, you know, they liked me when I was around, but it wasn't like they were pursuing that, you know? And so just kind of that, like, what am I good at? And is there anything that a value that I have to offer? And, you know, and, and I'm not as funny as that person. I'm not as beautiful as that person. I'm not as smart as that person. I'm not as athletic as, you know, and I think we, again, that comparison comes in there and it's very easy to just kind of get in our whole and be like, you know, I'm just going to go sit in the corner because it's really safe over here. And then I can just kind of block that out. And so I've really had to learn to like, say, God has made me the way that I am. And I do have a lot of great things to offer. And, and I'm just going to take the initiative with people and, and develop relationships. And, 
and try new things and stretch myself beyond, you know, what I think that I can do and, and see where that goes, you know, and not be that girl sitting in the corner from back in junior high when I was feeling left out, you know, cause everybody else was having fun and I was on the outside of the circle. So. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because uh, that is what creeps up on us. And I noticed that no matter what age we are, it it's very go easy to be reverted right back to the eighth grade feeling like nobody's picking me first. Nobody's right? picking me. I'm, yeah, absolutely. So it, it, has that ever played a role in anything that you haven't been able, that you've struggled with as an adult going through um, parenting, career or anything? Sure. After I mean, that? yeah, I think that, that you know, like you said, it, it kind of pops back up later in life, you know, kind of like a, who am I? to do this, you know, or what, you know, I, I don't have all the, you know, whatever these accolades that this person has, or how you know, dare you try for that? How dare you right. go for that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think just kind of thinking like, I, I don't think I could do that, you know, and it's really been, you know, me saying, you know what, I can do that. You know, let me just go ahead and try that, you know, or I don't have to have had, you know, 10 years of whatever they had to be able to do this today. Like I can move forward in this today. And so there have been many things that, you know, as I've grown, especially entrepreneurship, I think grows you because there's personal growth that happens. There's new challenges, there's struggles. You know, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people. And, you know, and so I am not the same person that I was nine years ago when I started, you know, this part of my journey because I've had to grow along the way, you know, and I can't say that little girl doesn't pop up once in a while. I had tears yesterday over her. So, I mean, it is fresh uh, that, and interesting that you're asking that question, but it's, you know, like you said, being able to recognize that and say, you know, that's not, you know, who I am and that's not, you know, that's not truth. And so I'm not going to let that hold me back. Like I let it hold me, held me back when I was, when I was younger. Yeah. Because that's a story we just keep telling ourselves, you know, and um, we forget that, or, and some of us don't even know that we can just tell ourselves whatever story we want. Yeah. You know, because the truth of it is, is, is your story about your eighth grade self even accurate? Right. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a still our perception. It's, it's still a story memory. we tell ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's how we remembered it. And um, I think that it's really great what you're doing with people because, and is it just entrepreneurs that you work with or can Not it be? Okay. Yeah. It can be, it can be, you know, specifically I work with women because, you know, I, again, I can relate and I feel like we oftentimes make everyone else the priority and put ourselves in the back burner. Um, but she could be, you know, a stay at home mom who's just yeah. been focusing on kids or somebody who's in some other profession, you know, or career that, you know, is just feeling that, you know, a little bit of, okay, maybe I need to think, rethink things. And, uh, you know, and what, what would that look like? You know, maybe giving herself space to even think about it. Cause I remember, I mean, the kids would joke like, mom, what movie do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't know what, who, when was the last time I got to choose what movie we watched? <laughs> You know, like it's always, you know, what them or my husband picking, you know, I didn't know what I liked anymore. Cause I don't know. I just never took the time to really say, yeah, I like this, you know? So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, and you have a new challenge coming up. If, if somebody wants to come and work with you one-on-one or you also have um, group coaching, right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yep. The best then- place to go would be my website, lissafiggins.com. That's again, Lissa with two S's. Uh, and so that's where I'll have resources there um, that you can grab as well as how to work with me and how to be part of, you know, some of the things that we're doing. And 
I'm on every social media platform as Lissa Figgins. So I love to share, you know, content and inspiration and ideas and, uh, you know, all those things out there as well. So. And definitely check out her repurpose after 40. What are some of the topics that you cover on there? Oh gosh, this week, the episode is about uh, just having that transition from just an employee mindset to entrepreneur and what that can do you know, for you. I had somebody uh, recently, we did one on forgiveness and just the, how that has been a key role in repurposing you know, her life and where she is now. Uh, we've talked about all kinds of things from you know, how you dress and how that, how that makes you feel and what that looks like to uh, you know, just, just those important questions that we're asking, you know, every day about who am I and what am I good at and how can I take something from my past? Maybe it's education. Maybe it's something that you really get excited about. Maybe it's something that you feel strongly about and, and repurpose this in this stage of life where you are to really build something that's fulfilling. And that's a life that you love. That's awesome. You know what? I, I it's not even something that you normally think about, but your wardrobe changes so much from going from being, um, how you dress as a mother Mm, yeah. <laughs> to as you, you know when your kids are young versus how you dress when you get older it is something that I actually really um focused on a few years ago because coming from a, a cultural background like mine I, I remember being 50 years old and I'm in the store and I'm going like can I wear this in front of my mother you know mm. like before buying it and I'm like why am I even still thinking that of course I can wear whatever I want to and it's again just allowing yourself to give yourself permission to just be what you want to be instead of just defining yourself from everybody else's definition of who they think you should be exactly exactly because it's your life and you're the one who has to either you know look that family member or your kids in the eye and say I can't be there for this because I'm I'm doing this instead you know or you know or you're I was about to say at the end of your life, probably never regret that I didn't make one more phone call or I didn't send one more message or, you know, those types of things. It's usually going to be, you know, at the time that it was spent with the people that were important or giving to those causes and serving in those ways that are important, you know, and so we want to live that life now, you know, I don't think it has to, you have to wait for this time to come wherever all the stars align and everything is perfect. And you have all the time and money in the world. Like, what can you do today? you know, and then just do that tomorrow and do that the next day and start living that now, those priorities now. And you're going to have that life that, you know, that you want instead of pushing it off till, you know, someday. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love what you started out this whole um, uh, conversation with is like, if you're 20, 30, you do not need to wait until you're 40 and 50. Absolutely. Don't wait until you've lost yourself before you get started to now find yourself go ahead and start remembering who you are and continue doing that now so that you don't have to be 40 and 50 trying to figure it out who you are. So I love that. Exactly. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Lissa. And uh, I will absolutely have all of your links in the show notes and everybody, please, if you are even questioning where you're going, what you're doing, where you've been and where you want to go, check out her podcast, Repurpose After 40, check her out on her website and uh, go on a journey with her. Yeah, exactly. You'll never regret it, right? I mean, the sooner you ask those questions, the better. Yeah. And anytime you want to try something new, it doesn't matter if you actually accomplish it or not. You may change your path halfway through. The worst that's going to happen is you're going to be right back where you are and you already know how to do that part. (laughs) This is true. This is true. I like to say, have an open mind because when you have an open mind and an open heart, 
it opens you up to new opportunities, you know, that you never would have discovered or would have known were even possible uh, before. So yeah, that's key. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, thanks for having me. So love talking. We're going to do it again. Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. And it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.